Jesse, uh, <clears throat> in Washington, D.C., when, uh, when I feel inadequate, uh, I just look around. <laughs> on, on really bad days, I see liars and frauds and meatheads in every direction. <laughs> Meanwhile, I don't know about where you live, Jesse, but uh, in, in my state, the price of gas is so high that it would be cheaper to buy cocaine and just run <laughs> everywhere. Um, Studies show our appearance directly affects our mental health. And many anti-aging supplements found on store shelves try to capitalize on that. Most of them fall short, though, and that's because they fail to get to the root of the problem. Now, the newest trend in anti-aging supplements is collagen. Research shows a good collagen supplement can help make your hair stronger and your skin more youthful while supporting healthy joints, bone, and gut health. But don't run to the store and just get the first collagen supplement you see. Grab Ageless Multi-Collagen, which can only be purchased online. Ageless Multi-Collagen's ingredients are held to the highest quality standards in the collagen industry. It's some of the purest quality collagen you can get. And I've unlocked a deal for my audience to get up to 51% off today by going to healthwithredpill.com or simply click the link below. And remember, when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right, once again, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Red Pill News. As always, I'm your host, Zach Payne, the corruption detector. And when it comes to Louisiana Senator John Kennedy, there is no shortage of quips and hilarity every single time he gets on camera. In that clip I showed you in the introduction of the video, he was speaking with Jesse Waters, taking a couple of jabs at Joe Biden's economy. But most importantly, the price of gas is what is uh, greatly affecting the price of everything else here in America, because if we're not driving somewhere to get something, then something is being driven somewhere so that we can buy it. That is essentially every single good product or service here in America. The price is going to increase as the price of gasoline increases, and we have now eclipsed that $5 per gallon national average. In a lot of places, it is far higher than that. Uh, at the end of that clip, I didn't include it, but John Kennedy said that right now, Biden is as popular as a sinkhole, which incredibly means he has negative popularity. It's not difficult to estimate or understand why Joe Biden is losing the battle of the hearts and minds of Americans here in our country. And it's not just Joe Biden. It's the Democrat Party and their failing agenda that is destroying the lives of middle class Americans the country over. The really poor Americans, the worst off in our society, of course, they're going to be affected as well, but they make enough money where they can apply for public assistance. And Joe Biden essentially wants to turn us into a socialist welfare state. He wants to push everyone in America onto social welfare programs, make it too expensive to do anything other than suckle on the teat of Lady Liberty. Only it's not Lady Liberty anymore. It's something far, far sinister. Unfortunately for us, gasoline prices are high and they're probably going to remain high for quite some time. Back when Joe Biden took office, the average price of a gallon of gas was $2.50. That is light years away from where we are today. Just to illustrate how bad it is for everybody here. There is a county in Michigan where their police department has already gone past their fuel budget. They've blown through that hard limit in their budget for their employees and their officers 
to be able to purchase fuel to drive their cars. Now, what happens when gasoline is too expensive for even our public servants to be able to purchase it so that they can go out and do their job? Apparently, in this case, they're no longer going to be able to respond to every single 911 call in person. Sadly, in a lot of places all across America, 911 dispatchers won't even send police if they think it's not an overt emergency. A lot of times, uh, the true danger cannot be really estimated by the person on the line. And we also have a problem with 911 operators just not doing their job very well. I think about what happened in Buffalo with that crazy kid who drove two hours to that supermarket. I wonder why he chose that one uh, to decide to go ahead and shoot a couple of people. The 911 operator who took a call from somebody at that situation, they were told that there was a shooter and people were dying. They hung up on the person. On the other line, I think that person ended up dying. Well, luckily, that 911 dispatcher has been fired, but that says nothing about this county here in Michigan where they're paying $5 a gallon for gas and they no longer can afford to put that gasoline in their cruisers to go over and check on the people who call 911. In Michigan, the current average for a gallon of gas is $5.21, and the Isabella County Sheriff's Department has had to make the really difficult decision uh, to decide not to go to the people who who are calling for help. They have to reserve their fuel funds for people who are deathly in need of police assistance. So if you have somebody who's just getting beat up, if you have somebody maybe who was robbed, uh, they're going to tell you to come on into the station so that you can file a report and they're not going to show up to help you. Uh, and that's probably going to lead to a lot of people in, in dire situations, maybe dying, uh, people certainly being victimized because now criminals in Isabella County because now criminals in Isabella County realize they're going to be able to get away with a lot more. This, to me, appears to be the logical conclusion to the Biden administration's desire to defund police departments. If they couldn't do it directly, they're going to do it through a roundabout method and raising the price of gas to make it so high so that police can't do their jobs. They have essentially defunded the police. All right. And next, we just received a breaking story uh, regarding a report that was just released by Voter Georgia, Garland Favorito and the good folks at Voter Georgia. There appears to be evidence showing that Georgia's voting system may have added 15 percent to Brad Raffensperger's totals. Is that enough to ensure that his opponent would have won the election? Let's go ahead and take a look at these findings. Brad Raffensperger receiving an additional 15% of votes certainly is an issue, whether or not it means he would have won or lost the election. Certainly, it appears to me that the presence of this 15% additional vote count that was added to Brad Raffensperger's totals is what allowed him to stave off that runoff election that would have most likely seen him lose the nomination for Secretary of State and ensured that he would have no longer been serving at the hands of the people of Georgia. But in this report, we have a number of additional findings. First of all, on election night, they had a graphic showing that Georgia's voting system had allocated 3,370 votes to a Fulton County School Board candidate in District 7. Now, the only problem is that person was not on the ballot. How did that happen? <laughs> it seems like a software glitch to me. The same type of software glitches we keep seeing over and over again in these electronic voting machines. We had another candidate by the name of Phil Chen. Now, he showed that there were zero votes as of 10, 12 p.m. on election night 
But the only thing is that he had actually received 49.7% of the votes in the race. Now, of course, Chen is challenging the results of that election contest. If they had no votes for him while he had nearly 50% of the total votes cast, seems very likely uh, that they probably undercounted for him across the board. Now, there also appear to be issues in DeKalb District 2 in their commission race. There was a hand count audit that determined the Dominion Democracy Suite version 5.5 shifted thousands of election day votes from one candidate to another. And they also selected the wrong winners to face each other in the runoff. This is a very familiar story here. They presented excerpts from a letter written to the DeKalb County Board of Elections by voter Georgia's Garland Favorito, and it explained that there are a variety of reasons why these irregularities could not solely be attributed to a candidate alignment error after one candidate withdrew from the race. These massive discrepancies also appear to be attributable to a Dominion system counting error. Again, this is the same Dominion system that we have in play all throughout the United States, and the exact same system. System that was in play in 2020. We keep seeing the same errors over and over again. Now, when we get to the Cobb County Vining's cityhood hand count, this is where we see a major, major problem. There was a team on Monday that was monitoring a majority of those election day ballots in Vining's fourth precinct that were being hand counted. The monitoring team decided to count those votes of incumbent Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensberger while that count was in progress. And what they found was that Raffensberger received about 53% of election day votes for Secretary of State in that fourth precinct. That would be in line with the statewide voting percentages that enabled him to avoid a runoff, except the only problem is that Dominion Voting System had awarded Raffensperger 68.4% of those same votes. So what we have here is the Dominion Voting System software attributing 15% more votes to Raffensperger's totals than the actual ballots seemed to show when they actually went in and counted them by hand. Garland Favorito had this to say, We are concerned that the algorithm that appears to be adding unearned votes to Raffensperger's totals is running statewide. It is imperative that the Secretary of State race be audited in all counties. And that's why we filed open records request to get an independent copy of the ballots in all counties so we can verify the electronic results. We do have the entirety of the report. You can read it in the link that I'm going to provide in the description below. But what this is doing is blowing wide open the problems we have with Dominion Voting Systems electronic machines. Either they are awarding too many votes, they are undercounting or just completely not counting votes for candidates that they don't want. And it appears that there is an algorithm in place, an algorithm that we have suggested and theorized existed for quite some time, more than likely the exact same algorithm that was used in the 2020 election to steal the votes in Georgia, to give them to Joe Biden and to take them away from Donald Trump. Donald Trump won the 2020 election, and if we can get there by proving fraud in the 2022 elections, then I'm going to take it. Either way, I want free and fair elections here in America, and thank God for voter Georgia. Now we're going to move over to New Mexico. You know, it sounds almost ridiculous to say, but the fact that we are using electronic voting machines that are assigning votes through an algorithmic process at all sounds completely insane to me. We should be counting one vote for one person for one candidate. 
There should be no need to split votes up into any fashion or to allow the computer, the machine itself, to decide who's getting these votes. This is exactly why we need these hand recounts and exactly why the deep state does not want to allow us to get access to the accurate vote totals because it's going to show that the wrong candidates have been given the win on so many different occasions. We can probably go back decades. As long as these electronic voting machines have been in play, they have been assigning the win to the wrong candidate. And in Otero County, Mexico, they are deciding today whether or not they're going to get rid of these electronic voting machines entirely. Now, Otero County, New Mexico is the same county where recently David Clements and his wife and a group of volunteers Volunteers had worked for quite some time on a 2020 elections report in the county uh, to determine exactly what happened and what types of errors actually took place. Uh, today it was a live stream. Uh, and we actually have the full report. Uh, it's 18 pages long, so I'm not going to go through it. But what it is, is a brief on the situation there, uh, laying out exactly why these voting machines, whether it's Dominion or somebody else, shouldn't be in use. And I would say we have one argument, the fact that they are assigning votes incorrectly. There should be no other reason that is necessary. It doesn't mean if we get rid of electronic voting machines that we have to take a super long time to count the votes because they're doing that already. They have electronic voting machines in place in Pennsylvania, in Georgia, in Arizona, in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, and it still takes them sometimes weeks to count the number of votes. It is absolutely counterintuitive and completely unintelligent to allow a computer or a machine designed by people with political goals in mind to decide who is the winner of our elections. The people of these precincts should be the ones counting the votes and assigning them up in small batches and then handing them over to a larger entity at the state level. If we were to do that, and we were to allow for hand recounts to be had in any place where people seem to think that votes were not assigned correctly, I think that we would have a much fairer method of choosing the people who win these elections. As it stands right now, our elections are not being chosen by the people of the precincts where they are casting their ballots. They are being chosen by corporations. They are being chosen by a global criminal cabal of people with interests that are absolutely 100% misaligned with the people of our country. They don't care about Americans. They don't care about America. They care about profits. They care about their criminal enterprises, and they want to ensure that criminals are the ones winning these elections because when patriots win elections, these people are going to pay. So with that in mind, let's take a look at some of the rationale that uh, the people who completed this report have for why we should not be using Dominion voting systems. Essentially, it's all about these institutions that are supposed to be protecting the purity of our elections, abdicating that responsibility, and failing to do their job. In the report, they go through some violations of the election code by the Secretary of State, the agents of the Secretary of State, and most importantly, Dominion voting systems. Uh, they make reference to the audit that was recently completed. Uh, they say that there was evidence of system log files in Chavez County from the 2020 election that showed the Dominion software version installed on those tabulators did not match the software version installed on the county's election management system. That should have been a red flag, right? Should not have been allowed to continue. Uh, they also say that there was evidence of vote flipping that occurred during a risk limited audit in Chavez County. And they also claim that the Dominion machines are not currently certified in compliance with the New Mexico election code. 
There are a number of other reasons here, but I'm going to allow you to read this report yourself. The findings of this independent audit and this report are shocking, but unfortunately, they're nothing new. The same types of issues are found in Dominion systems all across this country, and New Mexico is simply a microcosm which displays the problem that we have at a much greater level. You know, patterns of behavior among corporations or institutions or, in this case, states, are no different than patterns of behavior that you find among individuals. When you see repeated violations over and over and over again, you have to believe that it's not being done as a matter of coincidence. It's being done intentionally. When you see vote flipping in New Mexico and you see vote flipping in Georgia— and you understand that both states are using Dominion voting systems equipment, the clear and present danger is the presence of that Dominion voting systems equipment. So I applaud New Mexico and this one county at Otero uh, for taking the initiative to get rid of Dominion voting systems. But one single county in New Mexico is not going to solve the problem. We need to have a nationwide conversation about the best way to administer our elections. And I submit to you, it's pretty obvious Using a company like Dominion or any other electronic voting machine, for that matter, is certainly not the way to go about it. This is the number one issue, my friends, as far as I'm concerned, because the future of our nation depends upon the purity and the security of our elections. You have to make sure that your elected representatives understand just how important this is to you and how important this is to the future of our nation. Thanks, my friends, for being here. That's all I've got for you today. I want to thank everyone for joining me. As always, this has been Red Pill 78. My name is Zach Payne, the Corruption Detector, and this was another edition of Red Pill News. Good luck, everyone, and God bless.